Welcome to the Explore More podcast with your hosts, that's two, as myself, Ralph Plaskett, and my dear friend, Lorenzo Seabrook. Uh, this is episode number three. You have just watched episode number two previously, maybe, and if you haven't, you should go back there and check it out, and episode number one of season two of the Explore More podcast. We're so excited that you could join us today. Um, we are having exciting conversations of deeper growth deeper personal growth, deeper professional growth. This podcast is intended to give you what you need uh, in order to get, dig deeper into self um, and certainly show and how you show up into the world. So uh, what we want to have a conversation about today is uh, what we kind of left off in episode number two. So again, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out. What we left off in episode number two was really about uh, this, this sacred space uh, that is created um, in a coaching relationship. Um, and certainly this is a space, um, in fact, no, I'm not even gonna go into all those details. I'm just gonna call it the sacred space. Um, and we're going to go and dive into that conversation right about now. So Zoe, last week, you, you or last time we had this conversation rather, we, uh, you, you started down the path of describing, or we both did, describing the space that occurs between coach and coachee, um, and the space that the coach creates in order to support uh, the coachee in their development. Do you want to expand a bit about that space? Um, I have some thoughts around it, but I would like to hear yours first. Uh, you cheated. Yeah, that I am. <laughs> that I am. <laughs> Put me on the mic. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't mind taking a stab at it. So so, I think the, a way to to frame this will be to give you my own lived experience uh, from both perspectives. One being a client, a coachee, and then that of a coach. Um, so many may not understand or may not know I started out initially as a client uh, and the story really is I resisted wholeheartedly I did not want to I didn't have the time to be no coaching uh, as a matter of fact I couldn't even tell you what coaching was uh, the only coach I knew at that point in time in my life was a coach from an athletic team or you know from the military perspective coach trainer mentor uh, but to 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 understand what this coaching quote unquote thing is, um, yeah, I was invited by them, <clears throat> and and like I said, I resisted wholeheartedly. But then um, something was like, you know what? Give it an opportunity, give it a chance, and and I did. I selected one of three uh, coaches who were um, in my my pool of candidates, if you will, <clears throat> and I selected a young lady who had no similarities of what I did. And again, I was just going to blindly. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. Whatever happens, happens. And brother, what I'll tell you is uh, probably the second or third call, um, there was just this, this, this yearning for more. Um, again, understand the context. I did not want to do this. Right. I was a volunteer, if you will. Um, by my boss, and again, it wasn't like you will do this, but it was more like hey, I'm going to select 12 people to do this. And my coach, um, I, I, I don't know, I, again, I didn't know what to expect, but my coach, she literally was listening very intently to the things I was saying and was I, what I was not saying. Now, mind you, I had never seen her. Right. Everything was virtual. And she was able to support me through conversations in such a manner that I was able to open up and just speak about things that I probably have never explained to anyone, at least not in that fashion. And so as I reflected on my own lived experience, it was like, man, what was it? Yes, she was able to live, listen intently and so forth and so on, but I think it was more so in the trust. She created the psychological space, the psychological safety net, if you will, that you know, really spoke to the trust factor. And that enabled me to, you know, just boom, just let it out. 
um, and even explore more because then she was asking some very impactful questions, all for the sake of my personal growth, my desire to get from point A to point B, whatever that was. It wasn't her destination, it was all about me. And so I, I said all that, I provided that context um, because uh, for the first time in my professional career, um, I was engaged in conversation, but no one was really trying to push me towards something, but rather illuminate, if you will, or uncover or help me understand further or deeper what it is I was really seeking to then move to the destination I wanted to get to. And I think that was powerful in itself. It's empowering. And um, so through all of that, that inspired me to become a coach. And I just made it a... Um, a commitment to say, okay, every time I coach someone, you know, uh, it's truly a gift to partner with someone, to support them in whatever endeavor, whatever conversation, topic it may be. Um, and again, it's not about the destination, but it's about that individual client. Because again, this is another human being. So, so you gave the lens from a, as a coachee. Right. As someone who was being coached yeah. as a coach, you know, can you describe what that space is and what it really means um, for you in creating that environment? Well, it means a lot when you can have someone who's coming into a conversation, trusting in you, that being me as a coach to take care of them and their conversations. And I'm not just saying take care as if, if it's a child, but take care, you know, be careful with them and their conversations and, you know, and their entire being for whatever period of time I have um, on that call. And, and so for me, it's, it's, it's an honor, I mean, Pure fulfillment. I mean, so many words are coming up as you ask that question. Um, joy, uh, a privilege. Uh, I mean, just the ability to serve someone, support someone in that fashion. You know, I think that's powerful, right? I think. Uh, what you just shared there, and it's kind of something that's, is, as I would imagine for the listeners, is hard to grasp onto until they have their own experience of, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. um, but what you shared is so, uh, it, it's so relieving to know that there is a space, there is a place, there is a, a relationship that somebody can go to um that i can go to and i can have that type of conversation you know without judgment without being pushed one direction or the other without trying to be influenced but really just inquisitive or being really um curious about um the you know the topic at hand the, the, and and how that person relates to that topic in support of that person yeah and if i could even give a visual i mean you see my background here with bridge um, but consider just, you know, it's just me and the client walking across this bridge. No one else is there. No one else is there to listen. The water is still, it's peaceful. The sun is setting. Uh, in certain cases, or maybe it's bright, but it's a very relaxing atmosphere. But at the end of the day, it's really about me walking with that person across the bridge uh, and just enjoying intent conversations. You know, building trust, it has to be there. Because uh, if not, they're, they're going to read right through it. Uh, and just being yourself, just truly being yourself, uh, being a human, and, and supporting them in, in whatever regards it may be. Um, and then, of course, by the way, through the ICF, you know, confidentiality is what a strong ethical piece of it all. But I think even further, you know, to be successful at coaching or even have a successful coaching conversation. That has to come from within as opposed to, you know, an organization's uh, code of ethics. Right. Yeah. You know, if you're a, if you're a gossiper, I mean, obviously this is not the profession for you, right? Oh, so, uh, 
you know, this, this is some, this, you know, like we said in the beginning, this is a sacred space. Yeah. It's a sacred relationship in that, um, you know, the, the way that I describe it is that the coach, you know, gives of themselves in a manner where they are not subjecting the coachee, uh, to their opinions, their thoughts, their whatever, but really, uh, you know, playing the role of a mirror, if you would, and reflecting back on the, the coachee, you know, this, um, all of the positives of what can be, all the possibilities, all of the, um, uh, the perspectives that are there but not necessarily seen by uh, the client, right? You know, uh, you know one, one way I've described the space and certainly the person who creates a space is, you know, to be an environmental alchemist, right? The way that you're creating these conditions of trust and these conditions, and, and it's not like to say, I, you should trust me. I'm not explicitly saying these things, but the way that I show up to the conversation and the way that I've created this bubble, if you would, around us um, is, you know, creates the atmosphere of trust. Right? That's no easy task to do, especially in this, this virtual world that we are now living ourselves in. Uh, it's no easy task to do far from it man and, you know and what even made your initial question so so powerful because again i was trying to reflect on okay how do i actually do it you know it's not like it's a, a, a formula per se right uh what i find it to be is again truly coming from you know uh, a perspective that you mentioned you can't be a gospel but really coming from here right you know and truly having a professional personal desire to want to be there with that individual whatever it may take you um, and something else you identified you know uh, again part of the the creating the space is really just suspending your own thoughts which in itself can be you know because <laughs> again we all have biases right Right. You refrain it. We all have lived experiences that could possibly show up as a bias. Right. Right. And uh, I, <laughs> I'm giggling. I'm giggling because oftentimes I say, okay, I'm letting you know right now if it's a group of individuals or, or maybe one individual, I have a bias and it's called leadership. Yeah. <laughs> don't try to, to can me with the leadership thing and just let's. Let's try, let me put that out front so you understand some of my triggers. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but I, I said all that to say, you know, as you, you identify, you know, create that space. It, the work of the coach, there's a lot on him or her. A lot. And it's not visible, right? And, and to your point of, you know, what are the exact things, steps that I walk through and checklists to be able to create that environment? You know, it, it, it I'm sure it exists, but it's not that it's cognizant, right? It's not like it's at the forefront of the mind. Okay, I need to do this now. I need to say this now. And if I do this and say this, then it will create this environment. It's, it's, it's way beyond that. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I love how you, you, you said it and you certainly illustrated it, you know, by, by touching your chest where your heart is. And by saying it's really coming from the heart. Um, and if your intention Right, which comes from the heart. If your intention isn't about being a support system for someone else, right? And that's really what a, you know, if we can boil away some layers, um, that's what a coach uh, intends to do, to be a support system for someone else um, in that moment and potentially beyond. Uh, if you're not intentional about doing that, you aren't able to create a space where the, the, the hardest and the deepest work can happen in a coaching relationship, yeah. right? Um, you know, I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, I had a coach before, but this is nothing like what you just did. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, tell me about that experience. I'm being a little bit more inquisitive, right? And, and they talked about how someone would just, you know, rattle off a whole bunch of questions and didn't create the space 
to be able to support them. Yeah. <laughs> I see it there. I see it there. Oh, I, and I, I, I say, yeah, and I chuckle because, you know, I'm reflecting on my journey. You know, you go through the coach training process and uh, you call yourself a coach and uh, you start coaching. Yeah. Not realizing the skills you're actually displaying, if you will. So as an example, uh, the art of powerful question. Right. You know, they'd be like, hey. You know, that could be a key takeaway from any particular curriculum. And you get that and you run with it. Well, what tends to happen? Most people try to frame their whole conversation around, I got to ask a powerful question. Right. When I believe the training, matter of fact, from my own lived experience, I can't speak on the training. Definitely. My own lived experience is definitely beyond that. It's definitely beyond it. And again, it cannot be canned. And because I believe the client will feel that, and you as a as a coach, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to be as genuine as authentic as possible. Uh, again, to create that space, you have to do it. No, and I get it. Some people are very intellectual. Sometimes you have clients who come in and say, "Okay, hey, I only got 15 minutes. Here's what I need to talk about," and you got to work. Right. Matter of fact, I haven't had that short. 30 minutes has probably been the shortest. But uh, 30 minutes, and it's like, okay, let's get after it. As long as you're ready to go after it, let's get after right. it. Right. And I think that's a major part of it, right? So, you know, I, I did a what I, I speed coaching, if you would, right, one time at a conference. It was for um, young professionals in the intelligence community, African Americans. Uh, they were either just coming in or they, they have had a short period of time there. Um, and, you know, a few colleagues of mine and, and I were, were coaching in that environment. Um, and as a coach, it was pretty rough, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you just one person after the other person after the other person and it's really condensed time frame. Um, but this was younger in my coaching days. I was absolutely amazed at when I was able to set the intention and the intention from the other person to get as much from this short period of of conversation as they could, when those two intentions would set, how quickly it was, uh, we were able to create the environment, right? And then dig deep into whatever they brought to the table at the time, right? I was absolutely amazed how quickly that could happen, right? So it, it you know, it's, you know, some people are like, oh, you can't really do anything in 15 minutes. I disagree. Right. If the two parties are aligned and coming in with those intentions, yep. then a lot can happen in 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we've talked about before. I mean, basically in every conversation that we ever, ever have <laughs> is, you know, we, you know, although we are both coaches and although we know, you know, coaching, um, and we, we coach all the time as we have conversations and we just automatically start to coach each other. Um, our responses and it's like amazing how coaching works, even though, you know, you're being coached and you know, all of the tricks, if you would, and that's bunny ears there, all the tricks, if you would, about coaching, yet it still works. It's like, there's no way around it. You can't get around it once you're able to establish that. Uh, that kind of a conversation, that type of relationship, and just dig into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually tearing up in, in laughter, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. It happens. It, it's almost like, again, coming back to you, to <clears throat> what you described, you can't be a gossiper. But I think more so, it, it is definitely a a passion of mine yeah. um, <clears throat> to want to be in a position where, okay, I can fervently partner with someone in that moment. Uh, um, why did I use the word fervently? I don't know. They were just trying to paint this picture right. But anyway. Uh, I don't know, but I picked up on another word, and I, I, I think I might want you to dig into that. Partnering? 
partner, you know it. And, and there's another P word there uh, that we've talked about before. It's partnering and, man, you're supposed to fill in the blank. Presence, um, man. Presence. Presence. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Completely. Um, I will tell you after I've, I've learned, again, coming back to the journey of coaching, you continue to grow if you're truly serious about this this work. Uh, but you continue to grow uh, in this journey and trying to master yourself. Uh, but the partnering and presence, um, something I learned so eloquently this past year. Um, and it just taken my, I believe, my, my coaching to a different level, which then allows me to then offer my clients a, a greater experience. And the partnering aspect is, again, because you again, you're not there to push, you're not there to pull. It's it's truly just a partnership. Right. I, I don't know how, how <laughs> to say it. Um, again, suspending all judgment, uh, being full support of, uh, caring, and wanting to see the best. And at the same time in that conversation, being being courageous enough to to call out certain things that you know that may be hard. Um, <laughs> what's interesting is is probably for the last so long been this pandemic six months. Yeah, I would say five of the six months, a lot of my conversations were always again unscripted. Uh, we'll start talking about the racial tensions tensions in America. Yep. Regardless of background, culture, experiences, doesn't matter. It habitually comes up. And so I, I bring that up because again, the coach, you know, you gotta you gotta be there if you're a full support of in the partnership aspect. Right. And then the presence that you spoke of, again, to truly be there to 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 hear what's going on in the conversation. Because again, you don't have the, the luxury of always being there face to face. And it's, it's critical. It's critical. I, you know, and so for me, when, when I think about the coaching relationship and partnering and presence, and I think about um, partnering, right? You know, one way to describe it and again, it's easier when someone has a coaching engagement and they can experience it for themselves. But if I can describe, you know, the partnering piece of it, it would be, you know, you know, those, you know, quote unquote, you know, relationship goals, right? Where you, you know, in, in that sense where you have that partner that you can rely on, you have trust on, you so on and so forth. Um, and it's the epitome of, of what a perfect relationship would be, what a, what a perfect situation would be, right? And if I can say in, from a coaching relationship standpoint or engagement standpoint, the goal here is to be, um, uh, you know, not bring in all of the biases and the, um, uh, as a coach, not to bring in your biases, not to bring in your opinion, but to be, they're in support. Again, I, that word keeps coming up. In support of someone else as they're going through whatever they're going through, whatever clarity that they may be needing, whatever you know, trauma that they need to be able to recover from, whatever they're going through, you're being there as a supportive element, um, not a directive element, right? Um, which is, I think, a, a huge distinction. Um, and what plays a significant part in shaping out that environment, right? Um, you know, so that partnering and presence, right? Again, we've been talking about presence the whole time, the whole uh, environment that we're shaping. And, and it's hard to describe, right? It's hard to do that. Um, but if one can only imagine if someone was completely in support of you and realizing your forward progression, what kind of environment, what kind of atmosphere that really creates, you know, that, that's, that's exactly what that is, right? And to have that um, where you don't want anything else, the coach doesn't, isn't seeking 
some type of exchange, right? You give me some of this time, then you, I get some of that. It, it, when, when none of that is in play, then, you know, the, the, the client can completely have the opportunity, rather, to completely surrender um, to uh, the situation that's unfolding at hand um, so that they can, they can discover their growth. You know, such thing as you, you highlighted the transactional aspect of things and sliding it off the table. It's not a you know give and get. Right. It's, it's truly, if I can use an analogy, it's almost like you know taking the mothership and you have to land on a planet called PFAL. <laughs> you know, you just arrived. If you remember the old video when it went right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but it's like it's like you have to arrive in this space. Yeah. Um, and and not caring about what else is going on outside of the conversation. Yeah. And you know, for me, that's 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 what rarely comes to mind when it, when you when we talk about presence. But even more so, getting away from the transactional aspect of you know, really sinking into okay, where do I want to be in this conversation, yep. and for what purposes, you know, and, and and from the client aspect, a lot of work comes on their part as well. You know, uh, first of all, courage. Yes. You know, having the courage to talk about some of the things that they may not share with others, because you know. We as humans, we, we especially in today's environment, we're so competitive, right? Uh, and we're trying to get to the next goal. So, the fear of you know being found out, right? Right? You know, which could possibly be detrimental in one space, but in the coaching conversation, this truly was needed. You know, letting go of those those inner conversations that you want and being able to explore your deep. Yeah, so so much, right? You know, we we tend to um, kind of close off, silo our lives, right? I'm a I'm a I'm a professional, and in this space, right? I'm a businessman, and in this space, I'm only supposed to act this certain way, be this certain type, um, because you know somebody said it, <laughs> so therefore it should be that way, and and we somehow think that the rest of us. All right, whole person here somehow goes away, right? All of the emotions that we're dealing with, all of the, all of the, uh, you know, the the traumas, anything, you know, the, even the smallest things that the smallest things that we think that we haven't uh, that we've overcome um, will surface, and that uh, as you said, we have to have the courage to be able to dig into those areas. You know, I like to say it's the. You know, the, the easy part is the good, right? The good part in internal parts of us that we could highlight and go on. It's the bad and ugly parts that, you know, we may not want to necessarily face is where, you know, we have the opportunity for the most growth. Um, and, you know, where, in my opinion, the environment plays such a significant part in being able to get there um, in that relationship, right? Yeah. And, and I, uh... I would like to offer when we consider ourselves as as a, you know as an organism as a being that that really is on this journey you know the notion of right and wrong how important is it really at the end of the day and uh as a matter of fact, i mean we know the impact it has right. but truly in a in a in a container, if you will, in a safe container to to just open up, be vulnerable with ourselves. How important it is right or wrong? Right. And I think when we begin to, you know, strip away all these different things, so that we can be authentic to ourselves. Again, coming into this conversation in itself, the coaching conversation. Oh man, magic happens. Magic, absolute magic. I mean, I've had, you know, clients. <laughs> so I've had clients. I was going to go somewhere else with this before that. Okay. 
matter of fact, I'll, I'll say, so I've had general conversations with people just in general, non-clients. Right. And to your point, it just happens, right? right. And at the conclusion of it all, like, man, I feel different than what I did coming into the conversation with no intention. Right. And so I highlight that because, uh, you know, as one of the, for me at least, one of the, um, well, the one thing I always ask everyone at the client base is, uh, from your perspective, you know, what, what are you noticing different about you? And when they give me the response about, you know, their, their experience, man, fulfillment with the exponent, what's the call it? Exponential, that exponent, yeah. With the exponent. Exponential point? Yeah. Or, or, or a continuous, I see what you said. I got it. Oh, you know, you know, the, the two with the two, the exponent, you know, two squared. Oh, yes. <laughs> Good thing we don't know high school teachers now. I know that's right. <laughs> Actually, I have my brother-in-law here. We can talk about some schoolwork. Just <laughs> nowadays, because they have some brainiacs out there. Yeah, they Anyway, are. I digress, man. Um, no, but, but so, so I, I, what I'm interested in, Ralph, is um, what inspired you to want to talk about this aspect of coaching? Today. That's a good question, right? You know, part of it was where we trailed off in the last episode, but the other part of it is, you know, my interest, you know, both professionally and as having been a coach around, um, you know, shaping the environment, the environment itself. You know, you know, we talked last time about um, introspection and lowering the barrier to entry to a lot of the, these. Uh, skill sets that we talk about in the coaching world, right? You know, to the K through 12 is what we talked about. Um, I, I am also a firm believer, coach or otherwise, if you deal with people, hey, can we, don't we all? If you deal with people and especially in a, um, in a supportive construct, right? You know, school teacher, manager, what have you. Uh, especially in a supportive construct, if you have the ability, what I'm calling environmental alchemist, to be able to reshape the environment to support the person on the opposite side of you so that they can grow and development, grow and develop um, into whatever that area, that topic um, uh, that, that is coming to the surface for, then what we have is an opportunity for growth on both sides. Um, and there, if that other person grows, what happens is exponentially um, uh, supportive and positive all around, right? So we, we, we um, if I could take the business example, put it back on the table, right? So often we, um, we try to, again, separate these two worlds of living, right? I, I am this professional, I'm this business person versus I am husband, I am I am father, I am all of these other hats that we wear. Um, and we sound, somehow try to separate those two, but we are you know, still a one person human being. Um, and, if, and if we can bring our whole selves to the equation in every instance, uh, as appropriate of course, but if we could bring our whole selves to the, every, each of the equations, then we don't have to have so much, um, so much trouble in and trying to figure out what hat I should be wearing and when, um, and all that energy that's taken away from that, right? We move further away from our authenticity uh, when we do all of that. Um, and, and we try to figure out which hat, which mask we have to wear and how we should show up and how we should look, um, how we should um, uh, come to the table with, when we should come to the table with our complete selves, um, regardless of the the situation that we are presented with. So I'm, I'm really intrigued about the, the environment and how powerful it can be. Um, certainly the physical environment and certainly the mental environment already plays a significant role in our human development, yeah. right? So from a relation standpoint, if we can create these spaces, 
these um, brave spaces, if you would, uh, to be able to have conversations, right? Then we are we further our own our individual causes and certainly our societal causes, right? We have so you know again it's illuminated in all of the news all, all over when we see these social injustices injustices and 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 this uh, and this systemic racism, uh, this police brutality. When we see this in the media, right? And and what we also see is these heated conversations. Um, that is one-sided, right? That I, I, if anything, I'm listening for the comeback. I'm listening for you, what your point is on the other side, and I'm and I'm and I'm writing my rebuttal, and I'm ready to go at your rebuttal instead of listening with an open heart, an open perspective, right? And and trying to be empathetic and empathize with the situation at hand. All of that openness and and open heart and empathy. Um, all of that is created in this space that we've been talking about, this brave space, non-judgmental space that we've been talking about in the coaching relationship. So that's where I was coming from. Bam. If I was to package that all up. <laughs> I love your inquisitiveness, your curiosity. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, for our listeners, I think it's extremely important for them to understand as much as you can about talking about something that is, is better understood when experienced. Um, I think it's important for them to understand, hey, look, you know, this is what you may find yourself getting into as you engage with a coach. You know, certainly when you, if you engage with the, any one of us, that's certainly what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're really looking about growth and development, personal, professional um, all, all that work is internal, right? Um, well, so much of that work, I would say, of course, skill development is another capacity, but um, so much of that work is internal. Um, and so much of the barriers to our successes has to deal with the challenges that we tend not to want to face um, that's internal. The conversations that we tend not want to have um, when we have this perception about some reality. You know, I, I was having this, uh, and I'll come off my high horse in a second, but I was having this uh, conversation with, uh, with a, a prospective client. Um, and, you know, we, we did a quick um, mock-up uh, coaching, uh, coaching engagement. And her frame was that, you know, I cannot ask this, uh, what I need in order to be successful because that other person uh, is too busy. Where, where, where did that come from? That, that person's too busy. Okay, let's, let's uh, and then I unpackaged it, right? At the end of the conversation, it was, okay, well, you, you created this entire story that you were running with, and, and because you created this entire story that you were running with, you weren't getting what you needed in order to be successful. And what was the, the, the risk you know, what was the, the, the worst thing that could happen if you asked for what you needed? Again, this was a real, you know, quick and, and dirty intro sec session. Um, of course, the outcome, uh, of course, but the outcome was, yeah, you know what? I, I should ask for what I need um, and I'm, I'm going to do that. But, the, you know, if I was to make some more meaning around that, again, not, not enough context at all, but if I was to make more meaning around that, you know, where else does the, the lacking of ask show up in your life and how is that supportive or not for you? Um, and then we would have gone down that kind of, uh, I imagine that we could have gone down that type of rabbit hole. But it's so much of, of, of that enablement um, that is created by the environment uh, that we support as coaches is why I really triggered, really got into that. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, I appreciate that. So rewind the tape maybe 30 seconds, right? Okay. I, I, a word that you, you described was internal conversation. Yes. Say a little bit more as, as it relates to internal conversation and the benefit of being in a coaching conversation. Again, client having an internal conversation now in subscribing to this 
Okay. So our internal conversations are pretty interesting. The brain is pretty interesting, right? If I, if I want to take it to a scientific standpoint. When we don't have enough information, the brain fills it in, right? So that's that internal conversation, right? So we don't have enough information because we either didn't have a conversation with the person or whatever. Um, the brain fills it in and, and if left on check, we run with that story. And, you know, again, depending on situations and stuff, that, that story can be so detrimental. It can be a hindrance. It can be the shackles that keep you bounded, right? Um, until you get into a space such as what we've been describing with the coach and, and you being the client. Um, and that coach recognizes, wait, I mean, that might be an internal conversation that that's happening. That may be a story that they've developed Let's explore this because this story seems as if it may be a hindrance to the goal that they have for this coaching relationship, um, for this coaching engagement. So, you know, these, these stories, these internal conversations that we all have, right? We have, uh, I like to say we have, you know, we have a major narrative and a minor narrative, right? You know, in the most positive sense, the major narrative is a positive narrative that we run with all the time. These are the affirmations that we hold. But then there's this underlying uh, minor narrative, and of course, they can flip at any given moment, any given day. But the, on, the minor narrative is that negative undertone. Um, that's that fill in the blank that we don't have enough information, so I'm going to worst case scenario. Now, the brain is doing that because, or frankly, the, the brain is just trying to survive. Right? It's not doing anything bad to you. It's really trying to make sure that you stick around. That's how it was designed. Um, so, you know, if, but when we're cognizant of that, when we have a coaching relationship that can arm us with these type of tools, um, then we can say, okay, well, you know, what kind of story is this and how is this empowering me as a coachee? How is this empowering me? And what can, what can I do from this story, um, that I am telling? Um, and you know, how is that step, um, in support of my forward progression? Yeah, thank you for, for for opening it up a little bit, unpacking it. And uh, as you were speaking, you know, I started recalling a few conversations. And, and what I tend to notice a lot of times are those stories and how it's uh, holding the individual in the moment. And we begin to unpack it. Then, you know, a question then becomes, you know, what are the facts? Right. Matter of fact, what are the grounded facts? Right. Right. And uh, having the client really reflect on those things, and and, uh, and oftentimes is there's a distinct difference <laughs> between the story that's in their head, the internal conversation, if you will, and the grounded facts. And uh, I, I just I throw that out there because I found when you mentioned the, that that phrase, internal conversation, it was so profound. And again, not to be a therapist, but right. um, it's really being in partnership with with that other individual, the coachee, the client, the person, and noticing those things. And so, you know, you open up the, today's conversation about, you know, coaching environment and, and things like that. That's part of it as well being able to take notice of the things that that's not even making sense, if you will. And not sense is to call anyone ignorant, um, but make it offering clarity. Right. You say it that way. That's the professional side. (laughs) (laughs) What's offering? Uh, Offering clarity. Yeah. So, yeah. um, But, yeah, it's it's, it's truly um, something I firmly believe in. Again, uh, on both sides of the coin, being a, a coaching as well as a coach, um, yeah, it's, it's just remarkable. And again, not walking away from every conversation, not feeling judged. Um, so early on, I used to feel from time to time, did I serve the client well? But then I have to ask them the question and they give me a response. And if they tell me, yeah. Things are good. That conversation was what I needed. All right. I have to allow that to land. 
And now that's that's the self judgment in me, right? Because I have this thing. Okay, whatever it is. But then I had to learn how to let that go as well, because again, it's never about me in the conversation. And I think that's the continue. I mean, it certainly is for me as well, right? I, and um, I would imagine it is the continued um, uh, work of a coach to not have themselves anywhere in the equation, and certainly not at the forefront. Um, and you know, you know that, that continues to be that piece is like ah, you know what I mean. Especially when you think, and for me, right, when I have yeah. an engagement, and I'm just like, that was the they got nothing. I hope I serve them because I feel like they got nothing. And then you ask them, you know, you know, so I'm just want to check in with you. How's everything going? Oh man, that was the best one yet. <laughs> what? <Yep. laughs> that did not land <laughs> like I thought it was. But if you say so, hey, I am here to serve you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And again, you know, I use the, the phrase, I was your good friend offered. Uh, letting go of your egos. Yeah. And I wrestled with that three-letter word for a while, making meaning of it. And I'm not saying, you know, I guess I wrestled with it because, you know, when I first heard the word ego, it's like, man, I'm not egotistic. Right, right, right. Man, I'm not that type of person. I'm not arrogant. But no, it was a whole different conversation. Brother. Absolutely. Whole different conversation. Absolutely. Which then comes back to the whole notion of mastering yourself as you continue to go through this process. You know, that being a coach. Yeah. It's a continued work in service to the client, um, and their development is a continued work in service to them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, I keep harping on this point, but if we all do the work, then we can all be better in this thing called society, right, in this thing called community. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's about to be another... <laughs> Another topic is—is is that what I'm seeing there? So? No, not necessarily. I, I just no. had a, that was a funny chuckle, sarcastically. <laughs> some people may do the work, you know, they may see that work to be good, but in essence, it could be terrible for society. Well, yeah, yeah this <laughs> this is me, <laughs> you know, Ralph. I'm 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 an eternal optimist, right? So yes. I'm like, you know, all work is good work when all yeah. work isn't necessarily good work, but or at least the meaning of the work that is unfolding isn't necessarily positive. Yeah. yeah. That was just, I apologize. came out of me. You fine. You know, I really appreciate today's conversation. Uh, it, it definitely gives me an opportunity to sit still for a moment and, and even ask myself why I do what I do. Yeah. Uh, what's really the value in me offering or partnering in this, in this, this venue, but, not just with you, but just anyone else. Yeah. Um, and again, it comes back to, for me, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, why am I here? What's, what's the point of just floating through life? I mean, sure, you can do it, but man, that's boring. Right. At least for me, it is. I can't speak for the life. For me, that would be completely boring. Right. Uh, so it just, it just aligns with, you know, this thing called purpose. I think, uh, you know, yeah. The way I like to describe it is that this is uh, honor work, right? It gives us uh, great honor to be able to be able to fulfill um, our own personal fulfillment in doing the work in support of others. Yeah. Yeah. I, another part I recall, you know, if we talk about coaching conversation and creating an environment, there's, there's been a few clients of mine who come up and say, all right, I've been there, done that. What what are you gonna tell me? Yeah. I was like, okay, how's this gonna go? So I was listening and listening and listening. And next thing you know, it's a whole different conversation. Yeah, kind of different. And uh, and I, I highlight that um, because it comes back to you, you know, being a fresh coach out of training. You know, uh, you tend to get those 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 questions, those inquiries from potential clients. You know, they want to know, okay, what's your experience? You know. What do you know about this? What do you know about that? There's not necessarily having to be aligned with a specific industry or trade, if you will. Uh, don't get me wrong, that may help 
and understanding where they're coming from as they talk about certain things. Um, but the, the, in my view, the heart, the core of the conversation is not about the actual profession that they're serving at right. because you're really focusing on them. And I think that, I'm sorry. I was going to say very, very few times, you know, very, very, very few, like 0.00001% of the time is it really about the technical, yeah. right? You know, you're, it's about what you know you need to do, but don't want to necessarily do. And then when that's a topic in and of itself about the technical, um, and the conversation starts off with, I need to do this technical thing. But then if we talk about it, we, we, we explore it, then we come around and it lands at, you know, well, I have some insecurities or I have, you know, something that is not the technical thing, but it's a being thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that works. So, Zoe, do you think that this is a good place to kind of conclude our conversation? Yeah, man, I, I, um, I do. I think um, you, you hit on a few key nuggets, uh, you know, the partner in the presence, and the trust, the empathy, being self, you know, I can recall the conversation. It's kind of good. Right <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's a very good spot. Um, yeah, I think that was a good summary there for sure. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. No, if I, were, if I were to quote unquote summarize, again, the importance of actually showing up in the conversation. Mm. Both sides of the call. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, things flow when, when, they, when both parties show up. Yeah. Things flow. Non judgmental environment, letting go of biases, ego, and full support. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, guys. This is uh, episode number three of the Explore More podcast. Uh, Lorenzo and I just had a really good conversation about um, the coaching presence and um, the environment or the space that are, is created um, in support of the client. Um, you know, so as we ended last episode, uh, you know, how can we get in contact with with Zoe was maybe a question that you might have. And no, I'll, oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. I just heard it. I just heard it in this headphone right here. Contact that's, Ralph first. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's truecompass.org, truecompass.org. And you can also head it over to ralphplaskett.com. Uh, that's ralphplaskett.com uh, to uh, reach me. Right. So I'm so happy that you guys can be here with us. Uh, this uh, today in, in listening to this conversation. Hopefully it was fruitful for you. Um, let us know if in the uh, comments below in this YouTube or hit us up on the, uh, the email addresses at either one of those websites. And let us know what kind of your feedback on uh, these conversations. So until next time, enjoy the greatness that is life um, and, and, and make sure you subscribe. I forgot, subscribe. Wait, again, subscribe. Uh, so that you can hear more of these conversations uh, that Lorenzo and I have um, that are intended to support your growth and development. Anything hey, quick you want question, to say? Quick yeah. question before you close out, my friend. Uh -huh. I heard that jingle, enjoy this thing called life. Yeah. Like, do you have, do you have like a little jazz tune to go with that? Or you know, I probably should put something together, right? All right. Yeah, you know. a little a <laughs> tune. There's a part we're about to kick in right about now.